This is the Apex United Methodist Church podcast. All right, get your hiking shoes on, because today we're going up on a mountain with Jesus. And we're going to stay up on this mountain with Jesus throughout the month of February. Our scripture readings this month come from the Revised Common Lectionary. It's a reading plan that many Protestant churches follow in their worship, and it covers a good chunk of scripture in a three-year cycle. And the gift of the lectionary is that it makes us pastors, it makes us Christians, less inclined to go search for our favorite passage in scripture to make the points we want to make. And instead, it helps us practice receiving the words of scripture and learning to hear God's voice speaking through scripture in whatever situation we are facing. So that's what we're doing here for a season in our worship. We are going to follow the lectionary. And the gospel lectionary readings for February all take place on a mountaintop with Jesus. The first mountaintop that we will climb with Jesus will allow us to listen to Jesus' most famous sermon, often called the Sermon on the Mount. And you'll likely be familiar with what Jesus says in the sermon because some of the most famous lines come from the sermon like, turn the other cheek and pray for your enemies. And we'll get to those in the next couple of weeks. But today we start with the very beginning of this sermon, which is called the Beatitudes. Beatitudes simply means God's blessings or supreme blessedness. These are some of the most quoted and most beloved words of scripture. And so I invite you now to hear uh, this reading of the Beatitudes from Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak. He taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Blessed are you, Jesus said. Blessed are those. But it makes us wonder, what is blessedness? What does it mean to be blessed? We use this word in so many different ways in today's world that we might be a little confused. There's that perfectly southern phrase, bless your heart. It's often the kindest way to insult one, somebody, right? It's like you're saying, you have no brains, bless your heart. 
We also use this word blessed to describe what we do before a meal. We offer a blessing over the meals. We say, bless this, O Lord, this food to our bodies and us to your service. It's another way we use blessing. Sometimes we use blessing to describe someone or something that has a positive impact on our life. When someone does something kind or helpful, we say, you are just such a blessing to me. When someone sneezes, we say, bless you. And if you um, care about history at all, the, the legend goes that this started in the Middle Ages when the plague was rampant, and the first signs would be sniffling and coughing and sneezing, and people would say, God bless you, as a way to ward off the plague. So, turns out that blessing can also be meant as a prayer of protection. And then sometimes we use the word blessed to describe what it feels like when our life is just going great. If you are a social media user, you know that hashtag blessed um, often will trend. And it often refers to when we've accumulated the things that we want or when our prayers are answered how we want them to be or when things are working out to our advantage. That's when we call ourselves blessed. But here... In scripture, Jesus uses the word blessed very differently. Blessed are the poor in spirit, not blessed are the ones who are happy with their life. Blessed are those who mourn, Jesus said, and blessed are the meek, and blessed are those who are persecuted. Clearly, Jesus' understanding of blessedness is different from our culture's take on it. In today's world, we would never describe those who are depressed or those who are grieving or those who are quiet and submissive or those who are persecuted as the ones who are blessed, which leaves us with a few questions. What is blessedness? How can we be blessed? And given all the ways Jesus described blessedness, do we even want to be blessed? So to answer these questions, we have to name something right off the bat. When we read this passage, when we read the Beatitudes, we often read it and think, okay, Jesus is telling me that if I want to be blessed, I have to be like these people. We read this as a command from Jesus. To be blessed, you better be poor in spirit. To be blessed, you better be mourning. But that is not... That is not Jesus' intention here. Jesus is not giving us a step-by-step -step guide for how to be blessed. This isn't a recipe for achieving blessedness. Instead, Jesus is actually blessing the people who are right in front of him. Jesus is actually offering blessings to the people who come to see him flocking to hear his messages because these people happen to be the very people whose lives we would never call blessed. You see, back then, it was thought that the more you pleased God, the better your life would be. The more blessings you would have. So the wealthy and the powerful and the privileged in that day and age were thought of as the blessed 
ones, the ones who were even closest to God, the ones who pleased God the most, which is why their life was so wonderful. Does this sound at all familiar? But then Jesus came along, and he gathered around himself people who were not primarily wealthy or powerful or privileged. Rather, he gathered around himself the poor, the ill, the vulnerable, the marginalized, the down and out. And as they gathered around him hungry for a word from God, Jesus proclaimed, blessed are you. Blessed are you who are hopeless. Blessed are you even when you're mourning. Blessed are you even you who are so beaten down by the world that you have no choice but to be meek and submissive. Blessed are you even you who suffer injustice and persecution. How can it be? Why does Jesus claim blessings for people whose life circumstances are anything but blessed? It's because Jesus is proclaiming that God will always show up in life's ups and in life's downs. God will show up when we are poor in spirit and he will give us the taste of the joy of God's kingdom. God will show up when we mourn and offer comfort. God will show up when we are persecuted and offer strength. God isn't just with us when life is at its best. God is also with us when life is at its worst. And God will never stop working for our good. And that, that is the heart of blessedness. In college, I was denominationally homeless for a season, and I visited several campus ministries to see if I could find a theological home. I went to one gathering. It was not United Methodist, don't worry, but the speaker came up and started talking about how her life was terrible, and then she accepted Jesus, and then Jesus gave her a happy ending, and everything was okay forever and always. And as I listened to her sharing, this message, I listened to her say that if we just believed in Jesus, then our life will be all that we want it to be, and we'll get everything we desire. And I started to get angry. I was getting mad as I was listening to her speak, because this was not how God had worked in my life. This was not how God had worked in the lives of people who I knew were the most faithful disciples in my life. And I was angry because her message was giving a false promise. And her false promise robbed God's real promise of its power. You see, God doesn't promise that if we follow Jesus, we will get everything we want, we'll always be happy, we'll always be well off. That's not the good news of the gospel. What God promises us is that when life is terrible, because there will be seasons when life is terrible, that God will be with us. That God will be with us in these moments and that God will use those moments to draw us closer to the heart of God. That God will use those moments to draw us further and further into God's kingdom. That, that 
is a more powerful promise than any false promise of blessedness that our world can offer us. So what is blessedness? Blessedness is not an accumulation of desirable things. Blessedness is not life going well. Blessedness is not all of your prayers answered exactly how you want them to be. Instead, blessedness is the assurance that God is near. Blessedness is the assurance that you are part of God's everlasting kingdom. Blessedness is the assurance that God will redeem all things in God's eternal kingdom. One commentator that I read this week as I was studying for this sermon suggested that the best way to read the Beatitudes is to think of it as a roadmap laden with signs that will help us recognize the kingdom of God that is in our midst. The kingdom of God that is all around us. The Beatitudes show us what it looks like when God's presence is near. You see, the Beatitudes, these blessings from Jesus, are not commands to be followed. They are pictures. They are pictures of what it looks like to be part of God's kingdom, to be brought into God's fold, to be drawn near to God's heart. And if we want to be among the blessed, then all we have to do is look around. Look around and see God's presence and God's kingdom all around us because it's there, it's everywhere. And when we train our eyes to look, we can see God's kingdom in the most unlikely of places. You will find God's kingdom with those who mourn. Because grief means that we have known the depth and the joy and the beauty of love. The greater the grief, the deeper the love. Blessed are they. You will find God's kingdom in those who relentlessly fight for a just cause, even when it feels like a lost cause, because that means they hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are they. You will find God's kingdom in those who offer forgiveness and mercy, even if it's undeserved, because that means they have experienced the relief and peace of being forgiven themselves. Blessed are they. You will find God's kingdom in those who diligently work to bring peace from conflict because that means God's peace reigns in their hearts. Blessed are they. You see, those places and moments where we least expect God's blessings are the very places where God's blessings reign. Not because they are great places where we want to be, but because they remind us that God is good all of the time and that God's goodness will never run out on us. So, I offer you again the blessings of Jesus. And I invite you to receive them for what they are, not commands, but promises. Not aspirational goals, but signs of God's kingdom among us.
May these blessings open your eyes and your heart to see that God is with you all of the time, to see glimpses of God's kingdom, because God's goodness, no matter what ups or downs you are going through right now, because of God's goodness, I can say to you, blessed are you. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who mourn, for you will be comforted. Blessed are you who are meek, for you will inherit the earth. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who give mercy, for you will receive mercy. Blessed are you who are pure in heart, for you will see God. Blessed are you who are peacemakers, for you will be called children of God. Blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil falsely against you on account of Jesus. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.